Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's Bucks versus Chiefs at Raymond James Stadium on Sunday. Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, Bruce Arians versus Andy Reid. Can the Bucks win a shootout with the Chiefs? And will Brady atone for his two-interception performance Monday night against the Rams? We've got lots of college football to talk about as well. Starting today, Notre Dame plays North Carolina, and it's the war on I-4 between UCF and USF. Then Saturday, the Gators in Kentucky meet in Florida State. At Virginia, we'll talk college football with Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, have you checked out Breitling Boutique in International Plaza? Do you know that they're one of only 15 in the United States? We got one right here at International Plaza. So you've got to go look at these gorgeous Swiss timepieces. There's a chronomat Bentley, a stainless steel, beautiful with green face, one of my favorites. And in April, they launched the Super Ocean Heritage, the 57 Limited Edition, which is just a beautiful watch. Go check them out. You know, they've welcomed championship quarterbacks and Hall of Famers and boxers as clients. But guess what? They treat everyone the same, and they're going to treat you like gold as well. Tell them that uh, Rick and Steve sent you, and you will get a free Breitling cap just from trying on one of these Breitling watches. But I'm telling you, you're going to walk out with that beautiful watch as well. That's Breitling Boutique in International Plaza. All right, Steve, I think I've done uh, maybe 100 radio shows this week <laughs> after the Bucks Monday night uh, collapse, I guess you would say, there in the last two minutes at least against the Los Angeles Rams. Highly rated game, by the way, nationally. Of course, the, the L.A. market and um, in Tampa Bay, I, th- I think you got like a 20-something share. But uh, regardless, it was a, a difficult and, a, and not a good win or loss for the Bucks. Um in, in, in terms of where they sit in the playoffs now with the number six seed in the NFC. Still a lot of football left to be played. But to go back-to-back and now have to play the Super Bowl champions who um, just outlasted the Las Vegas Raiders and John Gruden, um, Patrick Mahomes driving 75 yards in 75 seconds, basically, and and um, you know throwing a touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey. To go 9-1, and one, the Chiefs are. Their only loss is to the Raiders. So this is, of course, the best football team, uh, you know, in the AFC, along with perhaps Pittsburgh, who is ten and zero. But this is the world champions we're talking about, and it really is one of those matchups, Steve, that I think we're going to look back on years from now and say, even though Tom Brady was forty three, even though uh, you know he was playing for the Bucks, and and who knows where the season winds up, but to see the 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 goat right against. A guy that could replace him, quite frankly, not in Tampa Bay, but as as the Lord of the Rings, as somebody who can win many, many Super Bowls. He's already won one, Patrick Mahomes has, and he's got a, a league MVP and a Super Bowl MVP. And, you know, they're in great position to uh, to go back and be right back here in Tampa uh, sometime in February, February 7th, if that's when the game is played. So this is one of those, you know, classic quarterback matches, you know, the the legend, the living legend um, against against the future and the, really the present of this league. 
So I'm interested to see. I know it's it's a game that uh, a lot of people around here we wish they could get more than fifteen or sixteen thousand in the stadium, but it's the it's the hottest ticket for those that are going. You go on the secondary market; it's it's almost astronomical what you have to pay. So you know it's a week to week league, but I, I'm I'm really intrigued by this matchup. Well, I mean, I think everyone would agree that Patrick Mahomes could be the future of the NFL, the face of the NFL. I mean, if he's not already one right. of them for sure. But with the way the scheduling is in the NFL, the Chiefs come here once every eight years, mm-hmm. which means he's not back here till 2028. Right. Which is why it's such a hot ticket. I mean, and for you know, then add in Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, and anytime you, anytime a, a good quarterback's going against the goat, of course they want to prove that they're up to the task. Yeah. And, and Tom Brady probably wants to prove that hey, I'm still the goat. Uh, you, you know, so yeah, I mean, if you know this, it, imagine if I mean this would be the hottest ticket and hard to get a ticket if there were sixty five thousand in the stadium. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is Absolutely. one of those games and, that you know every ticket in that stadium selling for well over face value if you want to. Mm-hmm. No, it it is, and I and I think too that um, the fact that Brady is now in the NFC, you know, they can only meet um, like you said mm-hmm. in this case every eight years or every four years, even if it was in Kansas City. Brady's not going to be playing then, most likely. I mean, I want to put limits on him, but he's only signed here for two seasons. So you're talking about a Super Bowl matchup. And earlier in the season, some might have said, well, maybe this is the Super Bowl preview. I don't think they're saying that right now because of the way the Bucks are playing. Um, but it was interesting. We talked to Andy Reid uh, on, uh, I think it was Wednesday. And, you know, Andy, of course, has had his share of good quarterbacks as well. He knows Bruce Arians has, has too. He told a story about, remember a few years ago, um, I guess it would have been uh, 2018, when the Chiefs and the Patriots played in the AFC Championship game, and it was a shootout. And, you know, basically it went to overtime. The Chiefs lost the coin toss. Brady went down, scored a touchdown, and won. And that was sort of Patrick Mahomes' big coming out year. He was the league MVP that season, I believe. And after the game, um, you know, there's been much, much made about who Brady shakes hands with, who he doesn't. He Obviously, he shook hands that day, but they did more than that. He went uh, after the game and um, and sought Mahomes out uh, in the locker room. He got a security guard, and they, they put the two of them off on the side room. And, you know, in talking to Andy Reid, he said, you know, that meant so much to a young player um, like a Patrick Mahomes in terms, terms of his confidence. Here, here's the goat. Here's the grace of all time saying essentially to Mahomes, hey, just be yourself. You know, do what you do, which is different than any other quarterback um, you know, don't try to be like me or anybody else. Just you, just play your game. You're you're going to be you're fantastic. Really, really respected uh, how he had played that season and in that game, and that that had a lot of you know that had a lot of traction for both Mahomes and for Andy Reid, who brought it up just unsolicited in his conference call on Wednesday. So I thought that was kind of cool. You know, there's always a there's always a fraternity uh, among quarterbacks, so the you know, Bray's getting wrapped for not not shaking hands with certain guys around the league and especially when he loses. Um, but Mahomes, I think he's accepted as, you know, you know, real, real knows real, as they say, as Jameis Winston used to say. And, um, you know, the, these two guys, uh, if you put them together when both their careers are over, I think they're both going to end up in Canton one day. I mean, we know Brady is. Mahomes, as long as he continues to play close to this level for, you know, he's what assigned a 12 year deal or whatever it was. Right. 10 year right. deal. If he plays most of that deal out, yeah, he'll be in Canton too. I mean, if he's playing close to this level, I mean, what he does on the football field, I, I mean, I love watching him play. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just pure, 
he first of all he's smart enough and 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 you know, to be, to call the plays and see what's going on with the defense. But then add in his athletic ability, his ability to throw the ball from almost any position, any arm angle, any – it's just incredible to watch and how accurate he is. And, you know, you talked about, you know, he's already got a Super Bowl in, in what, his second season playing, third in the NFL. He didn't play the first year. Yeah, second starting. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I mean, Brady won one early, and, and there's been other quarterbacks, but not playing at the level Mahomes was playing at. No. I mean, you know, Brady, when he was young, won Super Bowls, but it was a lot on the defense and a running game, and he managed the game. And, mm-hmm. and Peyton Manning wasn't anywhere near that good that early in his career. I mean, he was you knew he was going to be good. He was good and learning right. and growing. But what Andy Reid has done with Mahomes, and, and credit Patrick Mahomes too, but it, it's incredible and fun to watch. I mean, that's that's fun football to watch. And then you look at the athletes they've got around them, from oh. Tyreek Hill to Edwards Hilaire in the backfield to Kelsey at tight end. I mean, it's it, that's a fun offense to watch, and it's you know, I mean, kudos. We, we just watched the Raiders game, but kudos, the Raiders actually have figured out how to kind of contain the offense, sort of. I mean, mm-hmm. you never you don't usually stop them, but they beat them once and almost beat them a second time. You know, had another minute and a half, you know, shorter game, and they do beat them twice. Yeah, um, but I mean, that's a fun offense to watch. I'm looking forward to watching the game. I mean, I. I love watching Brady play and, and diagnose and, and do what he does, but Patrick Mahomes is just a, a different – I don't want to say different level because that's not right, but just add in the athletic ability he brings to it too, and it's just incredible. It's a little like when Tiger Woods got on the tour and I think Jack Nicholas says he plays a game that I'm not familiar with you know, because he hit the ball <laughs> so far and he did so many athletic things, and that that that's who Patrick Mahomes is. You know, He can do it with his feet. I mean, we've seen the no-look passes, the underhand passes, his creativity. And Andy Reid, you know, Andy Reid's been around this game for a very, very long time. I mean, he's one of the older coaches in the National Football League, and yet he's reinvented his offense many different ways. And he's just such a creative play caller and always has been. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that that's part of the, the perfect marriage that they have mm-hmm. going. You know, when you talk to uh, Bruce Arians, he said that there were two players – uh, that he has worked out at quarterback that stand head and shoulders above every, everybody else. One was Andrew Luck. The other one was Patrick Mahomes. He said that was probably the best workout I've ever seen. But more than that, when you put him on a chalkboard, when you when you talk football to him, he says he's one of the smartest guys he's ever talked to coming out of college at, at that level. And so, you know, he has both the understanding of the game uh, and, and then just a skill set that really can't be matched by anyone, I think, in the league right now. And that arm of his, which is just uh, ridiculous, you know, how he can throw from different platforms and uh, be accurate, you know, down the field. And then the poise. I mean, here's a guy that was trailing in the Super Bowl last year, his first Super Bowl by 10, to a really, really good defense in the San Francisco 49ers. And he brought them back and won the football game uh, with some big plays in his arm. So it's really uh, been quite an accomplishment and quite a short run, you know, so far for for Mahomes, but, uh, and you know, the Bucks are catching them at a terrible time. I mean, you know, unfortunately, this is a very late bye week that'll come after this game, right? They needed it before this mm-hmm. game, maybe before the Rams game. And they're beat up on the offensive line. I mean, as we do this podcast, um, there's some optimism about Ali Marpet maybe being able to get through the concussion protocol. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, that may have happened by the time you hear this. Regardless, um, you know, Donovan Smith's going to be playing. Uh, with a really bad ankle, he's a tough guy, but you just don't know how that holds up. Um, the, you know they, they've had uh, some injuries to AQ Shipley, who's you know had a stinger 
um, from this past game. So there's a possibility that maybe Ryan Jensen has to move, you know, back to center depending on what what the status of Alley is. And then would you have to play, uh, you know, Stinney, the young the young guard at, at, at left uh, left guard? You just don't know what combination they're going to use. But it's not it's not sort of where you want to be. And then defensively, Jamel Dean has been in concussion protocol. You know, he took a helmet to helmet hit in the last game, and so you you think about those wide receivers. Um, you want your full complement of defensive backs. If you think the Rams put pressure, and they did, with 51 passes on the Bucks' defense, most of them short, um, but but to have to tackle, and the Bucks probably had one of their worst tackling. We we talked about it going into the Rams game that they were going to have to have their corners and defensive backs not miss tackles, be close enough if they couldn't get the ball to get guys on the ground, and they didn't. Cooper Cup, um, you know, kind of chewed them up, and it, it wasn't it wasn't good. So. Uh, this is the same sort of animal, if not faster, more dynamic, if you can imagine that. And so I don't know what the Bucks' game plan will be. I think you want to try to keep Mahomes on the sideline. I think you want to try to run the football a little bit and be balanced because if Tom Brady falls behind, um, you know, they could they, this game could get away from them much like, you know, it did with the New Orleans Saints the second time they played them. So, um, you know, that's a – that's a dangerous team over there in Kansas City, and a, and a Bucks team, I think, Steve, that is still still not confident in what they're doing. And Bruce Arians, right or wrong, and I asked him about this. He's taken a lot of criticism from all over, right? Not just the talking heads on TV, um, the Dan Orlovskys or the Colin Cowherds, but there is some merit to what people say, and that is, look, if if your if your offense is going to continue to not have, you know, any kind of motion, any kind of shifts, um, you know. 60-something plays with just six motions. Uh, I thought that was know, an you, incredible stat when I heard that. And Yeah, it's a I, lot, right? I kind of noticed it during the game that there wasn't as much, but I, I would have never guessed it was six out of 67 plays. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Dan, Dan, Dan... You're used to Tom Brady, I mean, throughout his career, every play there's players in motion, and that, that helps right. the quarterback read the defense. Is it man? Is it... Absolutely. Is it, is, it, is it zone? Is it, you know, where's the pressure coming from? I mean, it's an easy... Mm-hmm key to to be able to tell and the fact that only six out of 67 plays i thought that was incredible and if you look at the nfl today what is it it's all motion right it's jet sweeps it's fake jet sweeps it's running backs uh, you know uh, in 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 the flat already moving um you know you've got bootlegs and waggles we're not going to do that with tom brady in terms of the bootlegs and the waggles Mm -hmm. but you still could have play action and you could have more play action than they've had um and 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 really you know you're asking and, and I've been thinking about this, but you are asking your players, your wide receivers in particular, your offensive line first and foremost has to block how many they bring because basically you're getting five out almost on every play. You know, you're know, getting five eligible out there, which means they can bring more than you can block. So they have to hold up. The ball's got to come out relatively fast. But if you're waiting for things to develop down the field, much like that last play, even though you know they could have gotten into their two-minute offense, could have, could have dinked and dunked their way into field goal range, no problem. They had plenty of time and one time out. And instead, you know, they come out. Tom Brady thinks they have cover two. Uh, he sees two deep safeties, and he's got two outside receivers running streaks down the sideline, and he's got Cam Brate running a seam route past the linebacker. Well, he thinks that those, you know, those safeties are going to widen back there, and in the middle of the field's going to be open, and he's going to try to lead Cameron Brate, and if he misses, he's going to miss long so that – you know, uh, the defense, the linebacker, whoever's covering him in a trail technique is not, not going to get the ball. But just as the ball is snapping, about the time that Brady lets it go, they hop out of the cover two. Now it's single high safety, and basically the safety was just back there playing center field, and the ball went right to him. 
and that was a misread on Brady's part. But more questionably is why are you pushing the ball down the field in that situation? That's not what Tom Brady has ever done in that in, in a two-minute offense. You get in a field goal range. Maybe you take a couple shots once you get there. Um, but, you know, with that much time, there was a running back that was available to him. We don't know the way the running backs weren't catching the ball. Maybe he didn't trust them. Um, who's to say? But basically he had one check down uh, and then a bunch of guys going down the field. So, you know, there, there's – I think a lot of the criticism is 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 somewhat warranted – Although Bruce Arians said to me uh, earlier this week that he goes, look, uh, you know, people can say what they want. He goes, all I know is we score an awful lot of points. Yeah, you do. And, and, you know, but along with it comes an awful lot of interceptions. Every quarterback that has come into this system the first year uh, under Bruce Arians has set a career high for interceptions. And Tom Brady's on pace to do that as well. Yeah, and. You score a lot of points, but I mean, last year you did too, and you turned the ball over thirty times. And yeah, exactly, you know, that, and hundred hundred twenty points off those turnovers. Yeah, and it puts your defense in bed. I mean, what I don't, I, I I know the offense has worked, and I know it's good, but I, I think football's changed a lot in the last five, mm-hmm. six, seven years. Yes. And when you constantly go a lot of three and outs because you're trying to force the ball down the field so much, that makes your defense work a lot harder. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not playing the you know Tom Brady's always played the field position game yeah maybe maybe we have to punt the ball here but we got a couple first downs we're going to pin you deep and let yeah. our defense go to work and you know but when you're getting the ball at the twenty twenty five and three and out and punting you know more often than most teams do or at least it feels like it I, I don't I haven't seen the numbers but it just puts your team in a bad spot I mean you know the NFL has become so much a mistake league now. It's almost like, you know, mm-hmm. in hockey, you know, hockey, your score is one nothing, 2-1, 3-1, 3-2, and it's about the mistakes you make, and, and, and when that team makes a mistake, make them pay. Well, the NFL's kind of become that way now, too. It's mm-hmm. just don't make the mistakes, and, and, and for the most part, you're going you're gonna to do okay. It, it's, it's the teams that capitalize on your mistakes, and, and when you're constantly giving them shorter fields and you're, you're putting your defense back on the field so quickly – time and time again and man it, it makes it hard to win yeah i mean it's a team game and and we've seen you know the bucks fall behind early in games all year long mm-hmm. even a green bay packers game that they won they were down 10 to nothing and what happened the defense got an interception ran it in for a score got another one ran it close into the red zone and they scored from there in this past game the bucks were falling out of that game fairly quickly in the second half until a couple of interceptions Gave them, you know, two quick scores, a touchdown and a field goal. Had they scored two touchdowns, they may win the game. So they've had to rely on their defense for field position. They haven't gotten off to good starts. And the funny thing is, is that Brady is about winning. You know, like he can play any style. Tom Brady can play in any offense. It's not a physical limitation on his part. But he does need some things that other quarterbacks may not need. One is protection. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. Yeah. You you can't expect to get him off the spot. and He's not going to roll out. He's not going to do things and extend plays. Um, that ball's coming out, and it's coming out fast. But he can win any way you want to win. I mean, they played the Rams uh, a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl, and Tom Brady won that game 13-3. to And the way he did it was he was patient. Mm-hmm. He didn't force anything. He didn't make any mistakes. And then when there was a play or two to be made to Gronkowski or whoever, uh, he made it. They got, they got a touchdown, a couple field goals. And their defense was good enough to hang on against the Rams that just didn't play very well that day. So Brady's about winning the games, and I've seen him win in shootouts. I've seen him win throwing the ball 50 times. I've seen him 
win throwing it 20 times or 15 times, you know, running the ball 50 times. I mean, that was the beauty uh, of sort of the of the New England Patriots. They could morph into anything they needed to be that week. And the Bucks just aren't there yet. You know, they're just not there with Brady, with the offense, the synergy, whatever it is. Byron Leftwich has been uh, outcoached to some extent uh, across the sideline. And, you know, that's no big rap on him. He knows it. Um, he's a second-year coordinator. He's familiar with one offense and one offense only, and it's not the one that Brady was in for 20 years. So, you know, look, at the same time, Steve, would it would it surprise you, knowing what you know about the NFL, and particularly what you know about Tom Brady, that all week long, all you've seen is these interceptions being thrown by Brady on television. And all week long, people have, have gone from, you know, it's, it's the offense, the quarterback's no good anymore, he's past his prime, um, so on and so forth. That's just fuel to an inferno that's been burning for 20 years. It would not surprise me, really, if the Bucks came out, played their best game, and somehow pulled out this upset. It wouldn't surprise me, but tell me who's on the offensive line. Yeah, well, good point. And because that's going to be a huge factor. Protect, if, if Donovan Smith's out and, and maybe yeah. Marpet's not back, and you know, tell me who's protecting him because the Chiefs have a pretty good defensive line, and they can put some pressure on you. Tell me how his protection is, and then yes, it wouldn't surprise me if he, if they pull out the win, if Brady, you know, plays one of his best games, if not best game of the season, but he's got to have protection. No, it's it's going to be an interesting game, and, and and I'll tell you what, win or lose, they're going to need this bye week. They're going to need a week to get healthy. They're going to need a week just to to refocus, and it's you know, the it's one of the later week in bye NFL weeks. History, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. It's just and, them and, and the, the Panthers thing- are the only two teams that haven't had a bye yet. Yeah, lucky them and the Panthers. And, you know, with no offseason, no training camp, I mean, they, they went straight into it, you know, after being uh, over there for August and, and haven't had any breaks. And, and, and consider this, too. Um, they can't go anywhere. I mean, this is a COVID rules. You know, you have to stick around town. You can't really be with people. Um, you know, all there's going to be some, some rules in place. But just to decompress, get a rest physically, get a rest mentally, and then you'll have – you know, four games against teams that you can beat, teams that you'll be favored to beat. Uh, even though the Vikings have played better of late, you've got the Vikings, you've got uh, Atlanta twice, and then you've got Detroit. Um, you could run the table in those last four weeks mm-hmm. or at least go 3-1. and one. And even with the loss in this game on Sunday, you still have 10 wins. That's probably going to get you into the postseason. 11 would certainly give you a better seed. 10 will I don't get think you in the division. because seven teams this year. But you might right. be facing it, Seattle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, or or Green Bay, but I think Seattle is going to be the two seed. I think Saints will take the one, Seattle the two. Yes. So you know, I, Mm -hmm. you know, you get that top wild card. If you're not going to win your division, you're going to face the Eagles, or that's where you want to go. So yeah. And right now, that would be the Rams. That would be in that position. Although they're tied with Seattle, and they still have a game to play with them. So. It's going to be fascinating, but uh, yeah, big game at uh, Raymond James Stadium uh, this Sunday, and it's going to be on CBS. And you've got okay, Jim, it's Tony Romo. We got uh, Tom Brady. We got Patrick Mahomes, and it'll Tony. And so you got you got the big crew um, calling the game for CBS. Hello, friends. Should be a good one. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, Matt Baker joins us now. And uh, Matt, but before we get into the games and all the uh, craziness that is college football along with the uh, the first national polls, let, let me uh, ask you about what has been a, a story uh, you know, throughout the country and certainly started last Saturday. You were on your way to Florida State uh, to watch Clemson and Florida State play, and your three-hour drive was, of course, uh, for naught. Um, as I saw you filed from somewhere off the road, uh, that game being canceled because of a COVID case. A Clemson player had uh, tested positive and had flown down, and they didn't get the results until he was here anyway. Um the, the, the thing that I want to talk about is Dabo Sweeney's remarks and, and somewhat somewhat accusatory statements that, uh, you know, that this was not a medical situation, this was not safety, this was Florida State not wanting to play. What, what's your take on all that? Uh, thanks for having me on, first of all, Rick. Um, I, I did get, in, get the news on Saturday morning. I, like you said, I was three hours into the four-hour drive. Uh, I was in line at the Dunkin' Donuts inside the Busy Bee off of I-10. It is the finest gas station <laughs> in the state. I have Busy preached bee. the my, my love for the Busy Bee many, many times. Um, and uh, fortunately, it's it's a well-lit area. It's, it's, it's clean. So I went out and you know, I got my computer and sat on the bench there and filed. It is not the first time I have filed a story from the Busy Bee, lest, lest people at home think that the uh, this job is all sorts of glitz and glamour. No, I have filed multiple stories now from a gas station off of I-10, the same gas station. Um, so that's just a little bit of levity because th- this this drama, this controversy, is stupid, is the way that I would describe it. Um, it reminded me, like, very early on, again, I'm making phone calls from a bench outside a gas station, and I'm thinking this is going to be one of those situations where one side says, oh, the other guys didn't want to play us, and they're like, oh, no, we wanted to play, y'all were chicken. And it's going to go back and forth for days, and it's going to be dumb. And lo and behold, that's what happened. It was just like the Florida LSU thing with Hurricane Matthew in 2016, when there was a their Category Three or Category Four storm coming on the uh, on the Atlantic side. The Gators said, "You know, this doesn't make a lot of sense to play this game because of the the use of resources that it would take." While you know, again, a large storm is coming into the state. LSU said, "Oh no, y'all are chicken." It was this long, drawn out, weeks long, stupid thing. Because and, and it ticked me off because there are more important things in college football. Look, I love this sport very much. It is how I put food on, on, on my table for my kid to pick at. But it is not the most important thing going on. It was not the most important thing going on during Hurricane Matthew. It is not the most important thing going on during a once-in-a-century pandemic. So I, I could tell early on this was going to be a thing where both sides bicker back and forth, and it's dumb. And lo and behold... Uh, wasn't you know Saturday evening there there was already talk of, of Clemson kind of saying eh, you know they we we were ready to play they didn't want to play us and then Sunday night Dabo comes out and says you know as far as I'm concerned Florida State's administration forfeited and and and, and you know on uh, what was it Tuesday I guess it was Dabo was still being asked about it and still talking about it and look it's it it ticks me off because it's so dumb Florida State wanted to play they did not feel comfortable. I have different standards on what I might feel comfortable and safe with than, than you, Rick, and then you, Steve, and then you listening in your car or wherever. That's okay. Th- this is unprecedented. We don't know what's going on. Everyone can make their own judgments. So maybe let's kind of have a good faith 
believe the best in people for a change. It is the holiday week after all. Let's believe the best in people and maybe just think, you know what? Florida State didn't feel comfortable for valid reasons, and that's okay. And oh, by the way, they have it's the same freaking open date on December 12th where they can play. It's not like it's a, oh, we, we have to move uh, the, the heavens and the earth to figure out to play. No, just come back in a couple weeks. And it's long, it's been long and it's drawn out. And it's, look, I, I love drama. I love drama very much. I love it Tuesday between 8 and 10 on ABC on The Bachelorette. I don't need it the rest of the week. <laughs> well, nothing can match the drama of The Bachelorette. Certainly not college football and not Dabo Sweeney, um, unless perhaps he was deciding who gets the rose. But I, I have to say, you know, he made it sound as if this was a, a program uh, decision when, in fact, how is this decision arrived at? In other words, what Dabo said was, well, if you cancel every game where there's one positive test and no one's playing. Okay. First of all, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. But but secondarily, I mean, yeah, maybe Florida State, whenever they play Clemson, is going to absolutely get waxed. I, I will grant you that. But those guys and those coaches and players probably worked 80 hours a week preparing for this game just like Clemson did. So in end, in the end, who makes, who makes this decision? Yeah, so – there, there's different things. And if I'm going to blame anybody here, I'm blaming the ACC. Because it, you look in the SEC, there are very clear guidelines. Um, I think the Big 12 is the same, where you, if you have 53 pe- people, you don't have, you know, that's the minimum threshold. If you can play below 53 if you want, but that's the, that's the minimum threshold. And I think it's seven offensive linemen and a quarterback and, and whatever. So there's very specific guidelines and parameters that are set in terms of a game cancellation. And I think there's also some wiggle room at the commissioner's discretion. So that's the SEC. The ACC is, yeah, here's some guidelines, and we're kind of leaving it up to the schools. Um, So that leaves a situation like this, where, you know, what happened is there was a player who had been symptomatic at times during the week and practiced at times during the week. I'm not going to get into the exact days and timelines. That, that's, I don't think that's particularly important. And, but the, the, what does matter is this player uh, traveled with the team on Friday. And in the Friday round of testing, they get the results after they've already traveled. And they have deter- you know, and it was a positive test for this guy. So then on Friday night, uh, the teams have a regular conference call to talk about any tests and that sort of thing. And then that, that issue was raised. Florida State had some concerns. And again, frankly, I don't blame them. You look at how travel has been linked to outbreaks at uh, numerous places, the, the Gators here and, and, and Florida being one of the, more, the, the biggest ones. So Florida State had some issues. Then they talked again on Saturday morning. And the medical people at Florida State said, we're not going to go forward with it. And then what happened is during this call, and then the medical people at Florida State called Mike Norvell, who is at the pregame meal with his team, getting ready to go back to the stadium to get ready. And that's how he found out. So it is not a decision where the athletic director made the call, where the head coach made the call. No, this was the medical people who said, looking at what we have been told, we're not cool with this, so we're not going forward. And I mean, the goal of every coach, everybody in the world at this point, should be the health and safety of people. I mean, and I, like you said, not the most important thing in the world. We understand it's a big business. We understand they went to a lot of trouble to to pay for, you know, charter flights and all of that to come down here. But if you're a college football coach, I and mean, what do they say when they go in those living rooms? I'm going to treat your kids like I'm their daddy. You know, yeah. I'm going to treat them like they're my son. Well, would you, you know, I, I mean, this this is about health and safety. We, we are not in, 
to say the very least, a normal college football season. So it just – and I have a lot of respect for Dabble, what he's done on the field. And, frankly, I, I kind of like the guy. Uh, but this this is – you know, it, it doesn't seem – the other thing that's shocking about this to me, Matt, is sounds like Clemson's just fine with whatever he wants to say as long as he wants to say it. Well, Rick, when you bring a program that had been kind of – I don't want to call sleeping giant, but that had been – not a huge brand and win a couple national titles and, and be them and Bama have been the top two programs for what, five, six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. I mean, that that's just the reality. College football coaches are the most important figure on most major campuses. They're, they're paid significantly more than the AD, their boss. They're paid significantly more than the AD's boss, the president. Um, that's so they get to say and do whatever they want because they keep winning games. And, and that's the way, I mean, that's the way it is. Da- this isn't the first time Dabo said something that, um, I don't want to say crossed the line, but that ruffled some, ruffled some feathers. Let, let's be mm-hmm. a little, a little nicer there. And, and I'm guessing knowing him and what he has done before, this isn't going to be the last time either. Um, yeah. and, and a lot of this is, is posturing, like go, go back in our time machine to, August, September, July, which is, was a lifetime ago and also yesterday at the same time. And and remember what the conversations were like when teams were, and conferences were figuring out, do we want to play? Some conferences didn't feel comfortable and they could tout that, you know, we're looking, like you said, we're looking after the, the safety of everybody. And then the other ones were like, well, we love football so much, we're going to play. And they're looking at it from a different standpoint. And again, reasonable people can, can disagree on what's right and what's wrong. Um, which is why that this whole thing has been frustrating. And just you, you, you kind of touched on it, but the the idea that Clemson is upset because they spent three hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was to travel to, to Tallahassee for a game that didn't happen. I get it. Times are tough. Uh, Clemson recently cut the track program, if I recall correctly, because money is tight. Florida State right. has been in bad. They were not in a good financial sh- situation before, before this. Before this, yeah. the, the the pandemic, and they're not in a good financial situation now. So again, this this stinks for everybody. I do, however, take a little bit of, I bristle a little a little bit at Dabo talking about a three hundred thousand uh, dollar travel expenses for a guy who, even during after making a getting a uh, one million dollar pay cut from the pandemic, is still making eight point I think it's eight point two million dollars this year. Mm. I, so I find that a little there, there's a little uh, those are kind of clashing in my head a little bit. And I can't quite take that entirely seriously. Yeah, understand. Well, let's move on to uh, the first college let's football Let's move poll. on, Rick. Yes, let's move on. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll leave Dabo in, in Clemson to worry about his problems, and we'll move on. Although this involves Clemson. The first college football poll is out. Uh, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State is your top four, followed by Texas A&M and then Florida. Um, I don't know what was on your ballot, Matt. Maybe you'll share it from with me, but uh, I'm just curious uh, what you make of the, the first poll. So the, I get a lot of it. Um, I mean, I don't. I have a couple little quibbles at at the top, and and really the first eight, I, I've got them all in a slightly different order. But okay, that's fine. My issue: BYU at fourteen. Yeah, what that's happened ridiculous. there? That's ridiculous. Um, look, BYU's schedule has been awful. Uh, the, their best win uh, was a very good win against Boise State that might end up winning the Mountain West. Um, Boise was at, without their top two quarterbacks, but BYU still hung 51 on them. The, the, I don't think quarterbacks play defense, so I don't think that would have made a difference in the 51 that they hung on Boise. A- at mm. Boise, by the way, 
I don't know how many teams have ever hung 51 points on the the Smurf turf, but it can't be mm. very many. Mm. Um, you you uh, so I know what the I know the argument against against BYU. It's the strength of schedule. Um, some of the advanced metrics are higher on them than others, but look, they're a a very good offense. They're a very good defense. They have a top 10 pick Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback. They've got good receivers. They've got one of the best offensive linemen in the country. They've got a very good defense. 14 is is ridiculous. That That's way too low. I'm not saying that they have to be a top four team. I under, Again, I, I understand. I, I've got BYU. What do I have them? I've got them six. And, and to me, in that five to eight range is, is where it, BYU fits. Um, but I don't know how you can watch BYU play and think, oh, yeah, Oklahoma is a lot better than them. George is a lot better than them. I, I don't get that argument. And, and so, again, when we're looking at it, that was the first thing that jumped out. I thought that was insane. Um, Georgia at nine is way too high for me. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I do think they made some progress with JT Daniels at quarterback the other day. Now, because that had been the weakness, and then you add in a really good quarterback to that mix. Okay, that's a really good team. That also lost by two scores to Florida and, and lost not in, in that great game against Bama and also struggled last week against the Mississippi State team that only had like 49 players. So that was another one that jumped out. Um, and then it looked just, just one more. Cincinnati at seven. I think that's a fair range for them. But that's you know the, the highest rank, highest ranking for a group of five team. Because um, to me, Cincinnati is a better G5 team than the, the UCFs of old and that sort of thing. So if, if you look at it hard enough, there's a path to the playoff for Cincinnati. Uh, it wouldn't take a ton. I mean, Notre Dame and Clemson, one of them getting getting knocked out. Um, you, you look at maybe if, if Florida slips up or A&M slips up or something like that. And then if Cincinnati is able to to schedule a late game, maybe against a BYU here in a couple dates, a couple weeks when they have an open date, there's a chance, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's at least a chance for Cincinnati to get in, which I think would be great to, to open up the playoff to teams outside the major conferences, and especially this year. Yeah, that would be outstanding. And, I mean, I, when, I, when I see this, of course, there's a lot of football still to be played, including uh, Notre Dame and Clemson, a, a likely rematch there maybe in the ACC final. So one of those teams could potentially fall out. I look at Florida, you know, and, and the loss that they have, of course, is to uh, Texas A&M, who is ranked just ahead of them. It would seem that there's no other way for Florida to uh, to make the Final Four unless they were to win the SEC and beat Alabama in the process, right? Yeah, we could invent a scenario where they have a close loss to Bama and Ohio State stumble. I mean, but yeah, for for... For all practical purposes, mm-hmm. if Florida wins out, they're in. If they don't, they're not. It's it's right. pretty much that simple. Right, right. Well, it's going to be uh, going to be interesting to see how we uh, roll through these in these next couple of weeks. And of course, COVID will have a big impact on that. We're still having games canceled. Not that the the Wisconsin Badgers, after their performance against Northwestern, was going to make it. But for example, their game now is canceled against Minnesota. They don't have enough games to to even qualify for a Big Ten championship. So we're there's going to be some impact with with all these cancellations down the down the road here. Oh yeah, I mean we're at the point. You know, last week we were starting to get there, but now we're definitely at the point where there's there's long term, not long term, season long impacts here with games mm-hmm. that cannot be re- rescheduled just because the, the runway's gone. We're out of time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. Um, 
And, and you, so you, you mentioned Wisconsin not being able to play Minnesota. My hope as a college football fan, because I love this sport, is that they'll be able to play on December 19th because mm-hmm. Minnesota and Wisconsin have played every year since I think 1906 was the last one they took off. So wow. it would be awful, not in the grand scheme of this this whole year, but from a college football perspective, it, it would be terrible if they if they didn't have a chance to play and, and if they were able to make that work. I mean, Washington, Washington State, the Apple Cup. That's another big game that matters a lot that got called off this week. And that's to say nothing to the games that were knocked off earlier this year, the, the Florida, Florida State, South Carolina, Clemson, Kentucky, Louisville, Georgia, Georgia Tech, those type of games. So, um, but yeah, we're, we're at the point where, where there, there's, there's run, we're running out of time and some of these games are not going to be made up. I mean, I'm bummed uh, uh, Tulsa-Houston got called off because Tulsa's a, a pretty darn good team. They're in the top 25 in my rankings, top 25 in the playoffs rankings. Um, they're not going to be a Final Four team. But what, you know, if they had been beaten Houston, they'd look a little bit better. That would help Cincinnati's strength of schedule case down the line. Zayvon Collins, um, their linebacker uh, for, for Tulsa, unbelievable player. I mean, he is, he's going to be one of the handful of guys I look at for the Heisman. Back-to-back mm. game-winning interceptions he's had, including the walk-off 96-yard double overtime pick six last week. So, you know, th- those are the type of things that, Again, we're just running out of time, and these games are getting called off, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Yeah, it's going to be going to be tough for those teams, and a couple games that aren't called off, at least as we do this podcast, anyway, and things can change rapidly. But uh, you've got uh, some games today, of course, that'll have an impact. At least one that we know of uh, on the college football polls: Notre Dame. Playing North Carolina, can the, can the Irish have a letdown after uh, their their big win? Can North Carolina? It seems like every year we talk about, whoa, look out for North Carolina. They could pull a major upset. They haven't really done it. What do you think of this one? I, I think this one could be trouble for Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame's defense is is, is pretty strong. Um, I, I like what they've done. You know, linebacker Jeremiah Wusu Koromora. I, I I'm only partially butchered that um, congratulations it, yeah thanks uh notre dame's got a, a list of, of guys like that i, I can do ian book but then uh, then we kind of get into trouble with some of the rest of the names um but look he's a very good player the defense is strong but north carolina's offense when they are clicking they're about as good just again just the off they're about as good as anybody in the country sam howell the, the longtime former florida state commit who, who flipped to them is really really good their running backs javante williams michael carter um they're averaging 269 yards from scrimmage combined. That's the most by a running back tandem since Reggie Bush and Lindell White at USC. So mm-hmm. I think this is a, a game where I don't think Notre Dame's defense is going to be able to slow down UNC's offense a lot. So I think it's going to be a shootout situation. And in a shootout in college football, anything can happen. So I, I absolutely think that one's going to be a real barn burner. And UNC definitely has a chance of getting the Irish. Future NFL quarterback Sam Howe from former mm-hmm. Florida State commit. Um, another game, of course, that uh, probably will draw some local interest. Maybe not a fascinating game as far as competitiveness goes, but it's the war on I-4, uh, USF and UCF. And an underlining, I don't know where we stand with this, but a, a possible subplot here before this season is over, we may actually see Mackenzie Milton playing in a football game again. Is that true? Might, yes. Uh, UCF has been a little cryptic. They've been a little coy, but they've also kind of dropped some hints that maybe it could happen. 
Um, I think some of that would be dependent on how the game works. Um, you know, if it's a, again, I don't see this being a close game. I think UCF will, will, will win very handily. But if it is, it does end up being competitive. I don't know that you want to put a guy out there who hasn't played in a couple of years. But if this game goes the way I expect it to, with, with UCF being up by a lot, and if Mackenzie Milton's knee is, is healthy enough, I think there's a chance, again, a chance that he could, you know, re- return to the field where it all went wrong a couple of years ago, which would be just a, a, a fantastic story. I mean, look, he, he was a tremendous player uh, when he was healthy. Nobody wanted to see that happen. Not even the, the biggest Bull fans wanted to see that happen. So it would be tremendous to see him have a chance to come back and uh, continue his, his comeback uh, where it all went wrong. And then, of course, UCF made a nice accounting of, or yeah, Central Florida made a nice accounting of themselves against a tough Cincinnati team. I thought they played uh, pretty well. That was a good good college football game uh, to watch. On Saturday, uh, of course, uh, both Florida teams here are in action. Florida State, speaking of needing quarterbacks, uh, they're going to take on Virginia. Who is going to be under center for them? I think it will be Jordan Travis, but I'm not 100 percent sure. You know, he's 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 played or he, he's he's gotten healthier. Um, so we'll kind of see how the week progresses. It also wouldn't surprise me if uh, Tate Rotemaker, uh, the, the true freshman, gets some time too. Um, Virginia is not that good, so I I don't know if this is a it, this is a, should at least be a competitive game for FSU. Mm-hmm. And really, as we're looking at the rest of the FSU season, it's all kind of about baby steps and. and uh, being competitive because w- when you look at how young they are, I-, I added up the other day. I think they've got six seniors on the entire depth chart, and what is the number? Seventy four seventy four percent of the roster is either freshmen or sophomores. So mm-hmm. th- they're they're so young, and it, it's the the youth movement is in full effect during this kind of rebuilding year zero, year negative one for Norvell. And you know, I think they have a chance to be competitive against Virginia, which might be a nice little building block for the future because that's what it's all about for them absolutely and then florida takes on kentucky and i guess it's just another opportunity for kyle trask to pad his uh, resume for what looks like to be now the maybe the number one contender for the heisman don't you think yeah if you believe the the betting markets and i i don't know why people would bet on the heisman but if you believe the betting markets (laughs) yeah i know i know i i i couldn't do it uh I was in I was in Vegas once with some some buddies of mine watching a Pacers playoff game. We're all from Indiana, and I just remember I've never paid attention to spreads before. But I remember it was like last second shot, the Knicks threw it up from half court, and there was this collective sigh because if they had made that completely irrelevant shot, the Knicks would have exactly. covered. And I'm like, I cannot do this. I, I could never do that. Just over a stupid half court shot. Anyway, um, yeah. Kyle Trask. Yeah, we had a point here. Kyle Trask uh, again. Where, where a ho-hum day is 300-something yards and three touchdowns against a Vanderbilt defense that was keying in on stopping the pass. And all the, also, mm. by the way, he still didn't have his best player, Kyle Pitts, back. That's a pretty darn good day at the office. So, mm. yeah, this is another good chance for, for Kyle Trask to continue to progress. Uh, you know, Kentucky has, has played the Gators tough the last few years. So I, I don't think this is going to be a blowout necessarily, or at least I think it'll be close for, for three quarters. And, by the way, Kyle Pitts is back for Kyle Trask. So, uh Again, looking for more progress there. Yeah, there'll be a lot of touchdowns in that one. And uh, in what would normally be a big uh, Saturday at the big house, maybe not so much anymore uh, nationally, Penn State is at Michigan. Man, these two coaches, that handshake is going to be interesting. Uh, it might be goodbye to both of them. I don't know. But um, 
I mean, we I think we've all pretty much resolved that there's going to be a parting of the ways of Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. What about at Penn State? I don't think so. I mean, they just gave him a, a new deal extension, whatever it was, uh, last year when Florida State came calling because, you know, that's how right. it works in this business. I, I, I'm inclined to to view this, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing um, the, the the great college football podcast, Split Zone Duo, where they kind of reference this. Um, every now and then, a, a really good program has just a year where it all goes wrong. You know, Notre Dame was 4-8 and eight a few years ago. Obviously, the Gators had their awful 4-8 and eight, uh, year as well. This is this is the the four and eight year for Penn State, where it's just a series of bad luck. Um, obviously, you know you lose Micah Parsons, a top ten pick, because he opts out in the preseason. That's something that doesn't happen normally. And then you've got a running back who's uh, sick or hurt, and then you've got another running back who gets hurt, and, and and you just lose a lot, and it steamrolls the other way. And then plus, in a year like this, where you don't have a um, buffalo to beat up on or uh, bowling green or some of those guys where you can't kind of write the ship because it's one big 10 team after an x so i think this is the year where just everything goes wrong and uh that's just the way it is for penn state i don't think this is a long-term referendum on franklin who's been really really good i mean they've gone to fiesta bowl and cotton bowl i think the bad year they had was like a citrus bowl which is still quite fine so yeah i don't i I, I don't think this is a hot seat situation for Franklin. I think this is just a one year where everything goes wrong. And then you wake up in 2021, like what the heck happened and how do we fix this? Well, Matt, I don't know uh, if your uh, car wants to gas up and drive to the busy bee or not on, uh, on Saturday or uh, even Friday today. Um, but where, where are you headed? If any place this weekend, this college football weekend, I am headed to the swamp for Florida, Kentucky. Um, uh, the busy bee is, is out of the way at that point, but uh, <laughs> believe me, I my, my car knows maybe. all the my, my my car knows all the good gas stations between between here and Gainesville. Believe, I, I could write a book on the the best places to stop and get gas and, and Starburst or what have you. I, I have very strong feelings on this, Rick. <laughs> well, be careful on uh, on two seventy five, <laughs> and uh, there'll be plenty, I'm sure, of Thanksgiving and holiday traffic. And uh, you can check out Matt Baker. And all his covering of uh, college football, as he does for us at the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. Thanks, Matt. We'll talk to you next week. Sure. Thanks, Rick. My thanks to Matt Baker. Remember, we got some good ones in college football today, the war on I-4, and then Notre Dame and North Carolina playing as well. And then we will also, on Monday, recap the Bucks against the Kansas City Chiefs. And, hey, folks, go check out our friends at Breitling Boutique in International Plaza. They are just one of 15 in the United States, we got them right here in Tampa. Got to see these gorgeous Swiss time pieces. And they've had all kinds of championship quarterbacks and Hall of Famers and boxers as clients. But you know what? They treat everyone just the same, and they'll treat you great as well. Just tell them Rick and Steve sent you, and you get to uh, have a free Breitling cap. It's worth $60 just by trying on one of these beautiful watches. What better deal is that? So go see our friends at Breitling Boutique in International Plaza. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 